Welcome to episode 343 of the New Mercies Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Caldwell, and today is Good Friday. Good Friday is only good because we know that Sunday is coming. I want to look today on this Good Friday about some of the events that took place. Now, if you were to read all of the scriptures that talked about what happened on the Friday of Passion Week when Jesus is crucified, there are so many things we can look at. We could look at his trial before Caiaphas. We can look at his trial before the Sanhedrin. We can look at Jesus before Pilate. We can look at Judas Iscariot going and committing suicide. We can look at the trial before Herod. We can look at Jesus's words on the cross, his carrying it to Golgotha. We can look at all these different elements of Good Friday. So where do we fall today? Today, I want to look at what happened the moment Jesus died. And I want to ask a couple of questions. It says in the book of Matthew, chapter 27, verse number 50, it says, And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Now, he was supposed to hang on the cross for a longer period of time than this. Most Roman crucifixions would take several hours. Jesus didn't let himself die. He gave up his spirit. He yielded his spirit and died quicker than most. And so it was a little bit peculiar for the people who saw this happen and hear this happen to think, wow, he died very quickly. They even took a spear and put it into his side, up into his organs in his body, in his chest cavity, uh, to make sure that he was dead. And sure enough, he was. And so when this happened in verse number 50, as it says, Jesus yielded up his spirit, he gave his spirit up and died that moment on the cross. Then verse 51, it says, and behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split and tombs were also opened. This is a wild scene that takes place. Most of the time when we read this in the Bible, we just read through it, right? Because we're trying to get to Sunday. But the people that were there Friday night experienced all of these things. All of this situation happened right around them. The first thing we see is that the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, if you know much about this curtain or this veil that's in the temple, it is 60 feet long. It's 20 feet wide. And it's as thick as a man's hand when measured across the palm. So this thing is humongous. It's enormously heavy. It's said that not even a yoke of oxen could tear this veil. And the fact that it was torn from the top to the bottom shows and indicates divine nature. It means this was from the heavens. Jesus, in this moment that he died, God ripped this curtain in the temple, showing that the Old Testament religion, the Old Testament ways, the Old Testament connection to God is now gone. It is a dead religion. It's a religion that no longer exists. Now it goes through Jesus. This moment happened. When this veil gets torn, here's the question I have. What did the Jewish people do? What did they do next? Did they go and sew it back up? Did they try to put it back together? What did the religious leaders do when this thing tore in two? How did they respond to this? And then, as if that wasn't enough, the earth quaked. There was an earthquake when Jesus cried out and gave up his spirit. There was an earthquake that happened all around Jerusalem. And there were rocks that broke in two. They split open. Can you imagine rocks shaking so violently and then bursting? 
when Jesus is coming into the city of Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he tells this group of people who are yelling and saying to rebuke his disciples and make them be quiet. Jesus says, I tell you, if they're quiet, even the rocks will cry out. This moment that Jesus is on the cross, his disciples are silent and he gives up his spirit and what happens next? The rocks burst forth. It's as if Jesus was saying back on Palm Sunday, listen, there's a day coming where these disciples will be quiet, but the earth is going to shout out that I am God's son. I am the Messiah. And what happens in this scene after the earthquakes, after the rocks split open, verse number 54 says, when the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, They were filled with awe and fear and said, truly, this was the Son of God. His disciples were shouting it on Palm Sunday. And Jesus says, I'm telling you, if they're quiet, my glory is still going to be shown to the people. And the earthquakes, when the disciples are quiet, the earth, the rocks cry out and people recognize that this is the Son of God. This is God proving, again, you cannot stop his plan. You can't stop his message. You can't stop his power and his victory going forward. After these moments on the cross, we see that Jesus gets buried in a tomb nearby, and it was by a man named Joseph of Arimathea. And after he gets put in that tomb, what happens, verse number 62 of Matthew 27 says, the next day, that is after the day of preparation, The chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he's risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go and make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting guards. Here's what happens in this scene. The chief priests and the Pharisees go to Pilate and they say, Hey, we remember what he said. Notice they're still not talking about the temple veil. Notice they're still not talking about the earthquake. They're not talking about the rocks bursting open. They're just saying, We remember his words. I think it's of interest to note that the disciples didn't remember his words. The disciples are out crying and worried, and the chief priests and the Pharisees, those who were against Jesus, remember the words he said, and they're making preparation to try to stop him or try to stop his message from continuing. The disciples should take notes here and see even the world remembers what Jesus said because he made that big of a difference. Today on this Good Friday, my encouragement to you is remember the words of Jesus. Even though these chief priests and Pharisees remembered the words of Jesus, they tried to stop the plans of God. They said, we're going to put a guard here and we're going to make it as secure as we possibly can. I can almost imagine God in heaven laughing at the fact that man thinks we can stop what God is doing. It makes no sense. We have no power. We're putting some clay around this stone and putting a seal in it to show that we are protecting it. We're going to throw some guards up here and we're going to make sure that this place is secure. While the God of heaven can in a moment send an angel down and wipe away every plan that we thought we had, this is the power of God. So be reminded of this today. Good Friday is good because Sunday is coming. No matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter what 
we think in our minds, God is bigger, he's more powerful, he's stronger. It doesn't even matter how many times the world will ignore the signs that Jesus is who he says he is, just like these chief priests and Pharisees ignored the signs of the temple veil and the earthquaking and the rocks splitting and the tombs opening. They ignored all of that because they didn't want to believe the truth. Today, the truth is this, Jesus real person, son of the living God, came and died on Good Friday. We celebrate and think about that moment, but it is not a memorial to Jesus because he did not stay in that tomb. Today, let's be sure and remember, we serve a living God. 